Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And it's a happy new year. Almost. We made it, guys. Not we quite. lived. Well, it will be by the time anybody listens to us. We we lived it through the Christmas we did. season. We did. I think the older I get, the happier I am about being done with things. Like oh, I feel I feel more pleasure in the clearing of hurdles. Yeah. Like, well, we safely muddled through that again. I zipped our Christmas tree right out that door as fast as you can imagine. <laughs> it was like, I just got that out. It's in the back of our truck as we speak. But it was, oh, oh gosh, do you know what? What? Okay, so we bring this thing in, and it was a big tree. It was real big. And Dottie, our dog, was just frantic about it. And she never really cares about the Christmas tree one way or the other, but she kept rustling around in it and sticking her head and then she was getting up on the couch and stuffing her head all the way into the middle and I thought it was real weird at the time and then when I was taking it down there was a big nest inside like did it have stuff in it I didn't look because I couldn't cope why didn't you I look kept, I kept calling more family members to come down and like be stressed out with me about it and no <laughs> I one saw Gemma post nobody about would it. Knox was like there's nothing in it. And I was like, you don't know that. He was like, yeah, I do. Like, you don't know that. And he was like, well, we would have smelled it by now. It's <laughs> like, this is not helpful. I want somebody to panic alongside me that we might have dead baby birds in our tree. That would but be bad. Anyway, all I'm saying is we got that out. I don't it's think most, I don't think most bird varieties hatch their eggs at Christmas time. <sighs> See, you're just as bad as he is. I don't think any birds were. You don't know on that there egg. wasn't a some sort of wildlife crisis going I on. I mean, in it my... could have been a squirrel nest. You could have had a squirrel that up in there. Me out worse. That would be worse. Yeah, but we made it through. We made it through the year. We made it <laughs> almost. Through. I keep wanting to emphasize. Like, knock almost. on wood. Huh? <laughs> Still the 29th or something like yeah, that. But and also, you can tell from my voice that. We didn't make it through unharmed. <laughs> We're coming out a little fierce on the other end. Ooh, boy. Never been such a friend of the humidifiers before. <laughs> well, I have. It's just usually on behalf of kids, not for oh, me. Yourself. I'm not usually anxious to get by a humidifier. Yeah. We've been sick all over the town this year. It's just been really something else. Okay, Okay, I have to bring up something because... I feel like before you bring it up, I just have to update people. We're back behind Goodwill. Oh, yeah. This is like a golden oldie spot. It's like we're having a return to the and old it's times. it's still daylight, so we're yeah. not too worried that we'll no. look like meth dealers. Up <laughs> <laughs> here by the LDS church. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Now, what do you want to bring up? I just wanted to bring up that somehow a little dust up happened in the comments of an older post of mine that where all of a sudden everybody's back in that post having a big okay a little scene you know having a thing okay. and and it I know that we share this I know that we share this opinion <laughs> but great googly moogly <laughs> Feminism is the world's most boring topic. I cannot, oh, I cannot care when people get going on it. And Do you know what Ben said the other day? <laughs> I was showing him, and it was one of the kinds of posts that just do my heart good. It was like somebody posted that they had... I don't know, made an apple pie or they had, right, 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 they yeah. had I cooked Christmas dinner or they had, it was something like that. Yeah. And, and they tagged us and just said like, hooray, oh, I finally tried this, oh, whatever. I that. And I showed Ben. I'm like, oh, I just love it. It just, that right there oh, that is so That happy. is absolutely the best. I, guys, keep doing that because but when then, you're like, look, bucket list bouche de noel. Oh, I should talk about I how bad my bouche de noel was this I'm, year. <laughs> that was really funny. But coming back around, Ben was like, I think you're like Jordan Peterson for women, though. He was like, it's like, it's okay to be a girl. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's Not okay. only do we think it's like, all right if you make an apple pie, we actually think like, you should do so. You know so. what, girls? You can wear a dress. You can make a pie. 
you can have sex with your husband. It's okay. <laughs> Don't scandalize the world, Becca. I'm just no saying. pies, no dresses, <laughs> and no sex with husbands is the position of the world right now. I have to say, anyway, I have to say that the thing that was happening in the comments for me was this huge run-on sentence about about yeah. how scripture does not. Recently, I think the world has tried to add in a bunch of technical vocabulary that helps no one at all with anything. Because all it does is obscure the central points. Like, it just buries things beneath so much verbiage that you can't figure out what we're talking about. And I've noticed that, that it is seems to have spontaneously combusted that now we're all making... Um, nuance differences between pastors and preachers. Oh, oh like I, all of no, a sudden we're like, no. the scripture doesn't say that women may not no, preach. Thing, women Rachel, just may not be a pastor. That, that kills me is if you, I've seen this on you. I've heard it about me. We say, Hey, don't be pastors guys. You're not allowed to. And then somebody guys, comes in, meaning girls, yeah, meaning girls. <laughs> somebody comes in like, ironic how you yourself are preaching as you say that. Your own, people have referred to (laughs) me own Instagram pulpit. And I'm like, I'm this, you know what? Instagram is not, nor has it ever been a pulpit. No. It might be a a well, I suppose a platform is if you a write fair, a book, you have a presence. That's not being a pastor. I, I think I could use. <laughs> I think that I could use Instagram in an ungodly way uh-huh. to try to preach on yeah, Instagram. Yeah. But but talking about spiritual issues is no, not preaching, no. and I feel no, no. twinges of hypocrisy about no, that. I'm like, no, I'm actually not it's doing like, that. Would I write a book? Sure. sure. Would I get up in church? Never. No. <laughs> I I I wouldn't. I would and not. That's why, because they're not the same. <laughs> with with no pains of of. It's not like oh, don't I feel like okay, a fool but now? When I was saying people are different, like <laughs> preachers versus pastors, as though it's a, then people were saying that Which God one are you allowed to be. I think you're allowed to preach, but not to be a pastor. This reminds me. This reminds the me. The prohibitions of, like, of scripture were clearly only about women being pastors, and yet, why does it say you can't teach as one who has authority over men? Never. Because that would eliminate the preaching aspect. You know what, though? Years ago, when there was a pro-life march, Ben and I had to be at a wedding, and so we showed up late to the pro-life march, and our kids had gone earlier. And when we turned up, we discovered that they had gone over to stand on the Planned Parenthood side of the yeah, street. So yeah. there was a lot of pink signs over there and Merkel children. And they were just over there with their signs. And they were just striking up convos with the it people was actually, around. That was actually was a really very funny, funny. But there was one guy, like college guy, who was telling Jemima... He was like, there is a big difference between killing a human and killing a person. Exactly. And and Jemima goes, which one's okay? And he was like, hmm. <laughs> he pursed his And then he just lips. left. Guys, she's pursing her lips. He just left. And so the thing is, is, it's like that. It's like, okay, which one of those? Is, is it okay for women to be pastors or preachers? Remind me. Remind which one, me of which. Which one well, did they, Paul this say? This is when people say I? it's okay if they preach that women should be allowed to preach, but they're not, not. They're not called to be pastors. How do you know? Becca, the whole point is we know nothing anymore. There is no way of knowing Human anything. Person. And then, and Which then, one? in the dust up that was happening on my own thread, and I quit reading it because I got tired of it because it was it was like reading pinnacle rules or something to me. Feminists it was like you're choking me. Okay, but it times. was going on and on and on about how the Bible does not ever give a specific. It was something about sometimes we have a specific job in our specific position but never because of our gender. What? And I'm like, but what if your position in a relationship is entirely based on your gender, which is if you're a wife. I just think that if you're a wife, it's pretty gender based. It just is gonna be gender based. Well, and everyone our freaks culture out. is not on board with that right now. I know, but I, you 
in this particular discussion, I think no one was advocating for trans things. It was a, it was. They don't realize they are. No, it's the same thing. But this, but this is what's funny is I was saying that the central heresy, because I think feminism is a heresy, that the central heresy of feminism is to believe that submission equals inferiority. Yeah. Because we believe that Jesus submitted his will to the fathers without becoming less than right. God. And it's actually really important that we believe obedience and submission do not mean inferiority. That's actually a really yeah. important part it's of the Trinity, of the easy, Trinitarian belief. It's a very easy point to slip up on, though, because this is what I because think misogynists though, and feminists together they actually miss that point where an equal submitting to an equal and yet having it be genuine submission is they're not wanting just to possible. make it impossible it's in the world. modeled in the trinity but also the i think you have to be super careful when you get into this because the whole question of the eternal subordination of the son and all of those kind but of questions that gets into but that part dicey territory. We don't believe in no, the eternal subordination of the son to the father, which no. is part of the reason why we don't believe that a woman submits to a man because she is less than right. a man. Exactly. But it's rather because we in the marriage we're actually modeling what we were shown. But in Christ, like we're imitating Christ as Christ submits to the but Father, so are the husbands and the husbands are imitating, imitating Christ, Christ as they sacrifice themselves right. for the bride, and it's all part of a glorious reflection of who our God is, right. and and to be little petty busters about your role in that, like no, I because I, as it turns out, actually turns this out turns out so that tedious. I am more important than Jesus, so I. <laughs> I am not able to submit myself to anyone else because, you know, even though Jesus did that, I cannot. I cannot. And it actually reminds me of how um, dad uses that illustration of when you say, when you're trying to talk about um, free will and et cetera, et cetera. But you say it's like Shakespeare wrote Hamlet. Well, who is, who is doing those things? Hamlet or Shakespeare, you know, like is Hamlet a character who's acting right. of did, his own did will. Did Hamlet do this because he was driven by, by Shakespeare, or, was or it? did he do it because Shakespeare made him do it? Right, right. And um, and Dad says, you know, the funny part with humans is that everybody's like, but I am so much more than Hamlet. Like, I am so much more than a character in a story. And he's like, but strangely, we're never all upset about God is so much more than Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> like, the chasm between Shakespeare and God is an awful lot bigger than the chasm between Hamlet and us. Right. And yet the only one that bothers us is that one. Like, don't, don't compare me to a fictional character. Anyways, I like, but it, it seems like that to me. Like, we don't mind that Jesus humbled himself. Right. We mind that he would tell us to. Yeah. Like, that's, that's where you've gone wrong. Anyways, the point, I was just bringing this up because... I've been thinking about how much the lack of imagination is destroying the world. And this is one of the ways in which we're doing it, which is this idea that no one can speak on behalf of anyone else ever because we can't identify ourselves <laughs> with anyone ever. Like, unless they went through exactly what I went through, they can't speak for me, you know? Right. Okay, so my boost and well was just a heinous affair this I was year. there for but it. But I, I got I it. got to receive a lot of texts of other people's beautiful boost and wells this year that I inspired. <laughs> Yeah, I was there um, for the bush. And you know what? I didn't even get a piece of it because it was gone. It was like snatched up to heaven in a fiery what you chariot. really meant is that you loitered elsewhere. No. It when was I out noticed for a it was while. being served up, it was gone. Mm-hmm. She brings out this grievance now. I do. I bring it up. So we made, I had to make three of them. I don't mention that Here's I was what... really sick full at the time. <laughs> what? I didn't need a bush. <laughs> <laughs> what really went wrong with the Bouche de Noël started in early December, or probably, <laughs> probably further back than that. But it, it was just that we were not ready for Christmas. So, yeah. Yeah. not being ready for Christmas led to shopping 
on the days when we probably should have been preparing. Making the bouche. Yeah. So typically I make the bouche cake Christmas Eve and I have it in the fridge and right. then I roll it on Christmas Day with the filling and I make all the meringues Wait, like a few days in a head. Don't you have to roll it right out of the oven? No. You roll it up in a I roll it up in a powdered sugar dish towel or yeah. a thing. And well then I, it's hot, right? Yeah, but then I put that in the fridge. Oh, rolled up. Rolled okay, up. Yeah, right. And then and then um so typically I have that in the fridge waiting sure. and then on Christmas Day I just kind of put the pieces together, yeah. you know. But let's be frank, you haven't really Well, last year you did, didn't you? Did what? I was gonna say you haven't had to also host Christmas dinner on the same day. Right. That's new. No, that is an added it is an added feature. Yeah. So but this time, because I didn't make a sponge a day ahead, and because I didn't make the meringues a day ahead, mm-hmm. meringue mushrooms, mm-hmm. without which there cannot be Christmas for my children now. Like right. the meringue mushrooms the are muy important yep. for this. Yep. Well, the meringue mushrooms went sideways on Christmas Day. So, Rachel, I should have, we should have conferred because we were trying to make I've made them 100, so many know, times no, that it but, never crossed my mind no, that I needed to but confer. But we had to make... 100,000 meringue mushrooms yeah. for the Reformation banquet. And Hero was making them for me. Yeah. And I was like, Hero, just run to the store and buy a thing of egg whites yeah. and that'll save time. And it made a horrid debacle. Yeah. And, and well, we, then she had to start over like twice. But what was weird? What, what weird was that? I'm just saying I could have passed this knowledge on. Yeah. Guys, weirdly, I had enough eggs. Don't do. Yeah, we did too, but we were trying to save time and cut I out. I had the, a really funny time with a woman at the store actually on Christmas Eve. Okay. When I was buying egg eggs, whites. just whole eggs. Okay. And three, five pound bags of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> because the only store that was open was Walgreens, and they don't carry the large-scale baking supplies. Okay. Yeah. So Luke and I are in there, and the lady ahead of us is like, you must not bake. And we were like, hmm? She's like, if you don't have eggs and sugar in <laughs> you're like, like there's, there's I another. actually I was like I actually think that we have 30 another eggs. and I think we conclusion have conclusion you could come to I was like or or I do and then that's why we're here I don't know I wasn't <laughs> sure how to how to work that out but the point is is that I ended up I had egg whites in the carton and I used those but weirdly they just didn't behave yeah, like. No, they don't. But no, but it made a meringue we got just it. fine. Yeah, but we they piped them on the sheets yeah. just fine. Uh-huh. But then, as it was in uh-huh. the oven, it went on for much yeah. longer than no. I. It should have gone on. I and traveled this road, right? Yeah, but you didn't because I did. You did not because did. it turned out differently for me. I kept checking them, and they're supposed to like lift off the parchment, but it was a no go. They were like squishy. Yeah. And then we were running into the like. Now it's almost time to put the prime rib in the oven. Mm-hmm. But I have these dang meringues no, just sitting was, in here. This was so me then, getting texts from Hero like, they're not baking, Mom. They're not right, baking. But then, not baking. but then what happened is that we were like, well, that's it. No meringue right. mushrooms. Took them yeah. out, and they immediately set up. Hmm. So that was the part that was weird. We used them. We used the ones she'd made from the egg beaters, but they just didn't bake normally, and it was this big, weird time. And then we ended up using them, but it was kind of like, well, that's weird, because we didn't think they were going to work. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I overcooked them by, like, an hour, because apparently if they'd Mm -hmm. set up outside of the oven, Mm -hmm. we would have been fine. Well, we also struggled. I remember she whipped them for, like, four days straight before they would actually be, like, (laughs) Mine did. Mine didn't have a trouble with that. So then... What happened then was then we flung in the prime rib, which turned out great. That was yeah, it was good. really good. But then the oven was full of prime rib instead of the sponge cake. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, well, would it hurt the prime rib to go up 25 degrees and have me throw a sponge cake in also? That seems unprecedented. Like, oh, and yet... Cow is resilient. I am. You're like, and yet how, how else am I going to make this? Yeah. So I did that, but I burned it because it was on the <laughs> bottom rack. So I had the four big prime rib in there, and then we burned the bouche on the bottom rack. So I <laughs> threw that away, and I made a new bouche, and we took the 
prime rib out of the oven to rest and I threw the boosh in there and then that one so everything was getting a little reckless like we had the mushrooms that might not work followed mm -hmm. by the burned sponge but the whipped cream went just fine we had that no trouble we mm -hmm. then I thought I would make birch bark but I didn't do that well um, <laughs> because I didn't have the really waxy candy melts I just had white chocolate chips yeah. Turns out that was too gooey. Yeah. It was too soft. I was there for that part. We and got so some that nice I made, oh, Becca and I were like laughing ourselves sick trying to slap this boosh together because, of course, <laughs> it's like 12 feet long because cause I'm making <laughs> it's on this big board. And we looked at yeah. each other and we're like, there's no way a branch would have the stamina to hold up at this point. No, no. Everything was so sloppy. And the sponge we, was splitting and, and we the cream accidentally, was coming out. We accidentally flung it onto the board. It like rolled suddenly off and then the whipped cream was coming out one side. And then we just slapped on some bad looking birch bark in a few places. <laughs> And then, and like then we were like, log. and then we were like, stop! Put your pencils down. <laughs> just Christmas. Just dinner. let people eat it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So next year, I'm gonna do something pretty. But next year, we're gonna bring it in in a procession with a horn. Yeah, next year we're gonna really blow the minds of all the people there with our with our uh, patisserie quality yeah. baked goods. Mm -hmm. But not mm -hmm. this year because, as the lady of Walgreens <laughs> so sentiently <laughs> saw, so she's like, you must not bake much. <laughs> It's kind of like, you know, oh, you clearly what? don't know what you're doing in the kitchen. Oh, and word. I thought to myself, what? Yeah, no, I really. know what I'm doing in the kitchen. Just watch me go with well, this incredible boosh. you know, we always do a, the raspberry coffee cake during present opening in the morning. And I was so fried flat on Christmas Eve that I did not make it. I was like, whatever. I'll get up in the morning and I'll make it. <laughs> And so I was, I was up Christmas morning trying to wrestle up a coffee cake, which I like to have it like done and in the yeah. fridge Christmas yeah. Eve. And then you can just put it in the oven and mm -hmm. I like to have the coffee pot all loaded so you can just turn it on and it's all very, you know, mellow and pleasant. It's the but dream, but it's this not the Christmas reality. morning I was down there making up a quick raspberry Oh man, cake. this Christmas morning also included the problem that I had, which was that my children, bless their hearts, wrapped a lot of the gifts. <laughs> so I had no clue what was going on. And then more than one occasion was like, that wasn't for you. <laughs> That's epic. Uh, you opened that gift or Daphne wrapped a gift and brought it to me. And I was like, this is for Lena, right? And I was like, hmm, <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> well, see, Hope this, you enjoyed wrapping your gifts. This is a shout out to me and my system. Because, now your yeah, system is. is great. My system, uh, my system. Hero only just noticed that it wasn't very normal. <laughs> she was like, "Whoa!" I was talking to some friends, and they're like, "What? Your presents are all numbered?" <laughs> She's like, "Yes, we have to wrestle around under the tree until we all have number four, and then we all open those." Fair and square the at the time, Merkel house. Which is not, very hilarious. Not well, so it helps at my me. house. It helps me quite a lot because, you know, then somebody doesn't open their big gift when somebody else opened the weird socks that, you know, like, I like to have them open them at the same time. I can't know which box is which under that tree. No, you can't. So and, I put a number on it. But I think that our spread of children's ages makes that harder. Oh, yeah. I because they're not in the same genre. But I really yes. like it because when I'm looking at my labels and I still have Jemima number three label, then I know I've left something in the back of the closet that I need to pull out because it's yeah. like, oh, we yeah, found, there was I found that. a few things. We found some stuff that I was like. See, Ben's not part of the numbering system, and that's how I found that <laughs> extra present today. I think we found two things I forgot to give Luke. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, yeah. so... Whose pants are these that are in the closet? <laughs> <laughs> I guess after Christmas passed, yeah. he felt free to look in a random bag. That's very hilarious. Like, oh my word. But you know like what? My size. Here's an update for the world. We got a bunch of sheetrock up in our kitchen. And it was, I think, the day after Christmas that we were in it to win it there in the kitchen with the sheetrock. And, and, uh, so there's been a sort of a skim coat of sheetrock dust around the house. Yeah, that helps. 
and I've mopped. It's like fake snow. Multiple times, but yes, but it, it added to the urgency to get the Christmas tree out. Yeah. Because when you have that dropping needles in the front room and then sheetrock yeah. dust puffing out uh-huh. of the kitchen, it just kind of, it kind of brings down your, I don't know, cleanliness vibe. And so, and so we were in there sheetrocking the kitchen like the split minute that Christmas was over, but I now have sheetrock on my walls and life is pretty intense in there. I'm not sure I know what to do with myself. Look at all the flocks of birds. It's like a lot of flocks. <laughs> different ones coming different directions. <laughs> They're having like a traffic jam above the Mormon it's church. Some kind of, it's not above the Mormon church. They're having um. It's like a family reunion, but I think they're actually over the cow pond. Might be. The U of I. Anyway, so we've got to have something edifying here. Something beyond my <laughs> sheetrocked walls. <laughs> I know you're all jealous, but I have sheetrock, so just eat your heart out. <clears throat> is, it, is it geese? Yep. Rachel just took the phone outside just the window. I thought you might so want to know it was the hear. geese. Did you hear it? It's about 10,000 geese having a geese reunion. <laughs> right oh, in. did I talk about cooking two geese a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, you did. That was the last time we spoke. We spoke about your geese. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, So, what's new in the new year for you, Beck? What's your resolutions? Well, I've got to stop eating. <laughs> That's my... That's my first plan. I love that meme that Heather always shares about, I don't know what it is, like, um, whatever, earlier December, it's like excited, and then it's like, like December, December 25th through the 31st is, don't know what day it is, full of cheese, (laughs) (laughs) it's January is just fat. Yep. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is that we've had several days in a row where we're all asking each other what day it is. Like, we just ate a bunch what of is cheese. Today? What is today? We Anybody actually, want a slice of this cheese? For our post-church lunch today, we just got a selection of different fun cheeses and baguettes. And, and when are you going to eat cheese if not now? If not now, when? And when are you going to stop eating cheese if not in January? <laughs> You're going to have to cut yourself off at some point. With a lot of strict iceberg lettuce regimes. I think I want to say that I think that this is the thing. Teaching your daughters to have good body image. We've talked about this. Well, no, we haven't. (laughs) We've talked about how we need to talk about this, is what I was trying to say. (laughs) That'll do, right? No, no. I was saying this was me being like, oh, yeah, we promised we would talk about that. We said we would talk about it. I like that I'm. I'm sort of at peak chub right now. (laughs) (laughs) From which place I would like to speak about this topic. (laughs) It's a good place to speak about it. Because the thing is, I think... (laughs) The thing is, is we all do need to not take ourselves so dang seriously that you can't just sort of deal with your problems as though they are just normal human problems. Yeah. Like, you know, you're living a good life. You had cheese at Christmas. It's time to watch your weight a little bit more in January. You know, it's mm-hmm. time to like... Or a lot more as the case may be. Yeah. or And like with my girls, because I have four daughters, there's plenty of opportunities that I want them all to be good cooks. I want them to enjoy food. And I mm-hmm. also want them to recognize what they're doing with food. Like, I don't want them to become obsessive, you well, know. I think there's a certain amount of realism that's important because in this world that our kids are growing up in, okay, this is really funny. Have you seen those horrific apps that you can purchase where you, <laughs> you can Photoshop good abs onto uh-huh. any picture of yourself. So I haven't sort seen of like, the abs, no, but I've seen the ones that are like filters and no, no, no. give this yourself a new pair of eyebrows. No, this is like, with here's, here's <laughs> you with your chubby flub stomach. Here's you with the photoshopped abs that we will easily swap in. And you can you can Never pick. understand that. Ben and I were wheezing about this the other day. You can pick which style of abs you like the oh. most. And then it'll... Just but, pop because it right heck, in you don't even need to. You don't and even then, need to like 
Facebook right now. See anyone. Yeah, Facebook. You is, know? I think Facebook has noticed that maybe my photography needs work because <laughs> it keeps trying to pitch me. <laughs> keeps trying to pitch me an app that just makes it bright and airy. Ooh, they kept trying it's to like sell me a, a personal sauna tent. <laughs> I was so <laughs> flummoxed by it because it, it was <laughs> The thing is, this is like, are your pictures always dark and dismal? Here, look what we can do. And it'll look like you live in a world of bright, fun times. And yeah. and it's like a permanent filter on your phone that just takes pictures as if you live in an airy wonderland. Yeah, and, I think and I've it's seen like, that, yeah. So it's like you could live in an airy wonderland with the abs of your choice. <laughs> And the other pair of eyebrows that you've never had. <laughs> and the thing is, is it's like, you have to be content in the world with your actual squishy middle <laughs> and the actual shadows that God built in to yeah, the Yeah, because as it turns out, you don't actually, you don't actually live in the pretend no. land. No. And, but the thing is, is like, I do actually you tell my, I tell my right now is interesting because yeah, because you want them to actually be firmly planted in their actual life. Right. And not like living just in a virtual reality pretend, you yeah. know, like totally yeah. elsewhere, not actually where engaged it, it's in like the real a life. strange version of Platonism where it's like the, the realm of the forms is in mm -hmm. that digital cloud somewhere where we don't... It's managed by you and admired by others, but it's not actually you. It's and it's and not actually them. There. Yeah, you've never you've really never been, been that there. person. And, and this, this sort of tainted place where you live is only a reflection of that crystal clear wonderland oh, that I was lives talking, in the cloud. Okay, and I was talking to my girls about this because they were laughing about some picture that was like... You know, we, we were laughing about unflattering pictures. You know, we're laughing about, like, and then there's just pictures. One of them was talking about, and then I'm, like, slumping over in the background with my... <laughs> they, were, they were talking about what they looked like in the background uh -huh. of the picture. And the point that I was making is that it's funny how it bothers us to see an unflattering picture of ourselves. And because somehow we disconnect from reality, and imagine that nobody could have seen us posed in an unflattering position <laughs> in real life. You know what I mean? Like, right. like people are actually seeing you from all angles. The trick is, is that they don't freeze frame that moment and then just sit and stare at it. In real life, you're moving around and... and right, except for... Know. But my point is, it's not like people aren't seeing you. People, the reality is that the way we yeah. interact with people in real life is very different than in a two-dimensional image okay. of people. And so, you like, I could see an unflattering picture of you and think that's unflattering and not accurate, right? right. Like, it doesn't look right. accurate to what sure. I have seen in life. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not shocking in like when it's not your own self uh -huh. when it's yourself right. it's shocking for different reasons right. this is kind of behind my principles of not caring what there's a lot of unflattering video content of me out there on the internets now and a big uh -huh. part of it for me has been like that's okay like I'm going to not be too worried that you yeah. had to like no, it's fine it's like, you know what? It's all right. Whatever. If someone came to my house for dinner, I might not look very flattered then either. <laughs> I might be living yeah. sort of an unflattering day. I mean, it might be happening <laughs> and that's okay. I guess it's actually, because right. I guess what I'm trying to say is the whole point is not to be flattered. Right? Right. Anyways, talking to my girls about that. It's like the reality of the relationship between your body shape your body type and a well-balanced life of gratitude like a yep. life that is more colored by the filters of gratitude and joy yep. and delight and thanksgiving and you know I don't know how many like we're just laughing about cheese yep. I don't know how many times I've heard people talk with absolute loathing about things that are Good just gifts. incredible gifts that God yep. gave us um, to be like genuinely despising 
yeah. the gift. And, and a thing that I will talk about with my kids, and I recently chatted with another girl about this, is that, you know, we say all the time, um, you know, thank you, Lord, for this food and for the hands that made it. But genuinely think in something like cheese, how many hands made that? Yeah. And when you're thanking God for the hands that made it, it's not a, that is not a little Thanksgiving. It's not like, because you think, and I mean, really think who, how many people were involved in breeding that variety of cow to such a point or, or figuring out the pasture lands Mm -hmm. and experimenting with the cheese and figuring out the shipping and sorting out the management of things so that you could just go to your local store and get a cheese that came from somewhere else in the world from a whole lifetime of gifts given to us by God to make a delicious cheese. And then you're really gonna be like stupid about but that I gift. But I feel like there's two ways of being approaching it badly. Because one is to despise it and hate it and say that makes me fat and therefore it is a villain. And I hate it <laughs> and I won't say thank you about it. So there's that. But then the other thing is to, like, cast yourself into it to gobble it up like a greedy little swine. <laughs> and, and that also is a way of, I think, not actually appreciating, appreciating it. it. And I think that there's different people that fall on different sides of that spectrum. And usually the, the one The goal is to not be, not to be either of those. Right. Like, to be able to appreciate it and enjoy it. Without and not being ruled by it. gorge yourself. And right. that's where I need to call it off right there on the cheese. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I think for me, it's, uh, cheese is not a particular stumbling no, block of mine. Cheese, I'm, cheese, cheese is, is a metaphor at this cheese point Cheese is symbolic, time. yeah. Cheese might be the onion dip. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> Uh, but I think this way in all kinds of ways because it's not just it's not just fattening foods. There are people who despise vegetables and despise fruits, and it's like yeah. you know God gave us so many so much so yeah. much kindness in all of this, and there's so much to and receive. And to be able to like genuinely enjoy it without you remember that bit in Paralandra about the fruit? Yeah, that was where really good. It's like you. Oh, I'm trying to remember how he it goes. He eats the fruit that's and, just and unbelievable. The impulse, and he wanted to have to another one. Back. Yeah. He wanted to have another one, but he knew he didn't need another one. He didn't one. need another one. And to have another one would have, would been have kind something. of ruined the first one almost. You yeah. know, like, it's just like, be grateful for that. Enjoy it completely. But you know how that is. It's kind of like the first three sips of coffee in the morning are just like to die for. And then you drink 64 more cups during the day, and none of them are that good. <laughs> you keep trying to get back you to keep that trying to first incredible sip. And so I think the thing is, is like learning that moderation is not learning to deny yourself as much as it is learning to really enjoy something. Right. And I think in my own life, and I, I wouldn't put myself up there as a weight expert, but I have... <laughs> Let me quickly. I have gained and lost. Disabuse anyone of that notion for myself right now. No, but I, I have had a lot of children, and I have gained weight every time that I am nursing children, and I have always had to work to get. Like it, it has been a however long mm-hmm. it's been now, that I'm always having to kind of pay attention to it. You're always in flux of some kind, but my goal is always just to be a reasonable human. Right. You know, like your goal is just to appreciate the world that God made, to be grateful for the body he gave you, to try to steward it well. I don't like it when I am heavier because it is it is less easy for me to do the work that I need to do. Right. And I and I like to not have to really think very much about the clothes that you're putting on. Like I prefer mm-hmm. to not have to spend time fidgeting with your clothing. Wearing large camouflage scarving yeah well I really just prefer (laughs) I just prefer to not have to think about it so much but in order to not have to think about it you have to think about what you're eating or how you're getting on with your day-to-day life so I really just try to make practical wise decisions and then the other things is to just be really 
just if there's a time that you're like, oh, shoot, I gained five pounds over Christmas. It's just like, thank you, Lord, for a great season of celebration. And, like, now we're just on to this part of the yeah. work. It's well, just the it's, work of being a creature. It's, it's not... just like having the Christmas tree came in and now I have needles. And so you sweep up the needles. Now we got to deal with that. And you now don't we got to deal with like, this. get angry at Christmas trees. You can just... You can actually just recognize the fact that there's there's tides. Things yeah. come in and things go yeah. out. And we have to kind of... You're uh-huh. never going to be... I mean, it is funny when you think about it that we have to eat all the time. And we have to rest all the time. And our whole lives are always in this flux of being tired right. and not tired. And then tired and then, and then not full tired. And then hungry. Full and then hungry. And full and then hungry. And then thirsty and then <laughs> overstuffed and have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> And like that everything is like that. So like it's partly just gratitude for your creatureliness. Like the fact that we're just creatures. And like thank you, Lord, for providing for all of this. And not I think And help me to be a wise creature, not a a kind of a panicking about your weight or your body or your body image or whatever it is that I think obviously can stem out of an insecurity of what people will think of you. And that is a thing to recognize as the problem that it is. You know, if you're panicking about what people will think of you. Well, I'm sure I've shared that before about my postpartum time when I was like. Oh, right, right, right. Where you're that. like, I, this is a horrible thing that I'm wearing to church. Like, mm-hmm. this is, not that it was immodest. It was just didn't do me any favors. And, and you have to actually face it head on. What in me minds this? Yeah. And the only thing is pride. Yep. Is it is it my gratitude to God that is angry about this? Right. <laughs> no. Like is it right. is it my heart that wants to worship him that is frustrated that my pants are tight? No, right. it is not. And the thing the is, only is like, thing is my pride. And the thing is is like does God care about your waistline? Well, depends, I think. <laughs> You know, like, if your waistline is not everything you wanted it to be because you just had a baby, well, no, God doesn't care about that. If your waistline's not good because you've been just lying on your back eating Cheetos for six weeks And straight, then you're telling yourself God doesn't care about this, yeah, so I'll keep eating Cheetos. Yeah, and it's sort of Cheetos. like laziness and gluttony has combined to make your waist well, bad. Even, well, then, yeah, even then, it's then, not your waist, it's your heart that God is caring right, about. But I, I have to say, though, this is a thing, and this is one of the things that is so wonderful about our faith and that is that repentance is always right now so like say that you are fat because you have been being disobedient like let's say that this is actually let's say you, you have know. been eating your emotions for right too let's, long. let's say yeah let's say that instead of telling someone you stole their pet hamster you've been <laughs> eating ice cream tubs you know let's say Let's just think of this elite sinful situation. <laughs> the where great hamster heist. <laughs> you have but gained you, you 25 pounds <laughs> trying to cover up your guilt over the hamster. Yeah. Well, like, or that you cheated. Yeah. Or that yeah. You let's just acknowledge lied that. to your husband. That, and let's acknowledge that that happens, that yep. people try to cover up guilt in something. So let's just say that there's a problem like that and you actually know that your weight problem is a result of your sin. Right. Not like you just enjoyed the cheese over Christmas, right. but like you were in sin and that's why you have this problem. Right. This is what makes our faith so, so kind is that repentance turns your fat rolls into obedient fat rolls right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they may have come to pass through disobedience, right. but they can be obedient right now they can glorify god in getting things right you can glorify god immediately really hard to get rid of the results of sin of sin it's not like you're gonna repent and then magically you'll be you don't have to deal with it no it's like you may have to do the work but you can do it in an obedient god glorifying body and you might have had that weight come on accidentally because of the results of your sin and it's going to take a lot of work still to get it off. It's not like it's going to leave just right. as accidentally. And I'm going to put this out there. 
that, that our culture does not orient ourselves around obedience at all because in our listeners, I'm confident there's a number of you who are skinny through disobedience. Uh-huh. That being driven by pride or being driven by Vanity. wanting to be lusted after or being driven by various things is not, like like the size that you are is not reflective of your obedience or no. not, right? No. So there are women who are going through assorted health problems who have gained weight that they that they are uncomfortable with, who are glorifying God. And there are women who are in a what the world would think is a perfect body who are not glorifying God by right. their approach with their body. And I would say that I guess the signature the signature marks of a faithful Christian woman would be gratitude, joy, humility, and just an embracing and considering others to be more important than themselves. And yeah. that is that's a really and, big one. Because... And the first other being God. Right? Like right. the first other being that God is God and you aren't and you're glad about that. Right. And then but yes, considering other people to be more important. Like And so that could mean you need to lose the weight. It could mean you need to stop feeding your family food that they hate because you're obsessed about your weight. Well, a lot of the time you have people who Women who are like, well, if I have that food in the house, I can't control myself. But it's, and this is an interesting thing with being a mother, is that like what my son, who's growing a zillion inches a day, needs is not what I need for perfect weight maintenance. (laughs) Like, we actually have to learn to live alongside people who, or, or another thing that I've had great conversations with my kids about is the fact that. The way that you look is not always reflective of how healthy you are or what you're eating, no. right? So there are people who look like they're super health gurus who are actually yeah. in no way eating wisely. Right. And that there's a real art form in learning gratitude that is not comparative all the time. Yeah. And that is not looking at what your skinny friend can get away with eating and resenting yeah. it. But like just... Yeah. Thank you, the Lord, for the metabolism, the life, the body, the cellulite that right. he gave you. Like, And if you have somebody who just was like, look, I cooked you this, and they bring it to you. Being willing to set aside your own little petty diet just today, in order to Becca, enjoy something with a friend. you know, I like, had one today. I had a good moment of that just today. What was it? Moses discovered the hot new food of... Dipping a tartine crouton, which is like mm-hmm. olive oil and okay. bread, in guacamole. <laughs> yes. And boy, did he he delivered that up to me with uh-huh. the like, give this a taste. And you know what? It was you should. I did. We all did. Yeah. He brought one to everyone, even the dog. <laughs> and every one of us was like, wow. Yep. There, that went. I just ate an oily crouton for you, but but. <laughs> The point is, the point is that it is not about you fundamentally. It is about God. It is about those around you. Uh, and it's about being a good steward of the life that you've been given and being an obedient steward that, you know, is okay with the ups and downs of your life. Yep. Too many ups right now. We, <laughs> we got to work gotta on the downs. downs. <laughs> Working on some downs in the We're new gonna- year. All right. Well, on that nice, uh, on that nice, you should all bravely lose weight with us in the new year. (laughs) No more weight than I like to contemplate. Really. Do you have any tips? Any tips? Just stop eating. No, Becca. No, that's not healthy choices, Becca. (laughs) Tell people to do something healthy. I'll give you a weight loss tip. I have one. Are we doing weight loss tips? Well. No, but that's the only tip I can think of because what we're talking about. One thing that I do often is make a big batch of something. Usually it's like a, I don't know, kind of like a chili, but sometimes it's like a lentil soup or something. And I just freeze it in Uh lunch-sized portions for myself so that I can always microwave. In the winter, it's nice to eat a hot meal. Like, you Uh don't, and then it's like an excuseless life because if I have sometimes I make chili with like a ground chicken or turkey you know in it but it's like all veg it's very Mm -hmm. low fat it's lots of fiber and protein and 
and it, it's yeah. just it makes it kind of excuseless you yeah. had something to eat you can eat yeah. it you don't have to think yeah. about it too much um and i do i try to do that with you know breakfast and lunch not the, yeah, not good. chili and soup basically what it amounts to is you gotta think about it and pay attention just have a plan just Having make a, a plan. reasonable plan and if you're a mother we all know the feeling of that your diet sometimes runs into the wall of your obligations where you're like I probably could stick to this plan if I was lying on the couch reading a book but yep. as it turns out I have to run a bunch of errands and make dinner for everybody else and you yep. know what I'm gonna need to eat something because yep. I cannot actually yeah I can't and I think that's a big part of it is figuring out how to live yeah how to live functionally in your life while not making yourself the priority exactly all right is that, do you have a tip? There you go. My tip is very different than that. I did the thing that everyone on Pinterest tells you to do, but I've never tried. Uh, you know your gallon, your two gallon Ziploc stocking tip? Yeah. I did that. So I had my big two gallon Ziploc. Does everyone on Pinterest tell you to no, do that? No, I'm, I'm leading up to it. Okay. So I had those. And I was cleaning up and I was like, wait, everyone says you can clean your stove grates you know like I have a gas stove those big grates on yeah. top like putting them in a Ziploc with like a quarter cup of ammonia overnight and then oh. it like dissolves it's just the fumes of it like dissolve so I had a whole ton mm. of two gallon Ziplocs so I popped all my oven grates in there and left them overnight with some ammonia and it does loosen those things up like oh. it actually I don't know what it does but it like it makes them washable where all the sort of like just huh. that burn you know what I mean that it's kind of greasy know. burn on top of the grates huh. yeah it actually was a noticeable difference it's a hot tip so I didn't invent that I just tried it finally and it it's a good one so good. Good if you know. have extra ziplocs guys from Rachel's tip you can do that. Just remember, if you're feeling behind on life, it's time to get ahead on Christmas. Clean your oven grates. <laughs> it's time to get ahead on next Christmas. Because <laughs> if you get ahead right now, you're way ahead. Way ahead! Exactly. I should exactly. start making the boosh for next year now. <laughs> do it now. Freeze it. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.